Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, let's uh, dive into chapter 18. We're going to look at this little parable in chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. It says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tenth, a tenth of all I get. But then the tax collector stood at a distance. He couldn't even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who want to exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What a great what a great uh, story, Jim. Where, yeah. where do we start with this one? Oh, man, I don't know. You know, we just talked about the story about the uh, one uh, leper who was cleansed, who was grateful. And then we just, since we're staying on this theme of gratitude, let's just pick up on that first before we dive into all the other stuff, because this is so rich. But I just thought reading it through again with you this time, I just noticed that um, there's gratitude in here, but the gratitude is... In the first part of the story, the Pharisee, in verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself and just prayed, God, I thank you <laughs> that I am not like other people. <laughs> so he's got gratitude, all right? It's religious gratitude. Religious gratitude is, I want to, I just, I'm so great, grateful that I am so great, right? It's and, self-righteous, um, self-righteous gratitude. Self-righteous gratitude. Religious gratitude. And don't, don't you see that a lot in, in Christendom? Well, you can you could be proud of your humility. You could be, um, you know, um, yeah. you could be proud of it of, of that you understand grace in the gospel and, and 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 get pride out of that. You can I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other people that don't understand yes. salvation by faith and I, grace. I have a story. I have a story related to that, and I've told you this before. When I was in college, there was we, I was in a campus ministry, and um, to, I had two two friends, my really good friend, he owned a really nice car. He owned a really, a, a Ford Mustang, like brand new Ford Mustang, turbo GTO, whatever. Um, yeah. And he loved his car and he was, you know, not afraid to talk about it, talk to everybody about it, showed it to everybody. But there was another guy in this group that drove a beat up old rusty Chevette. And this guy boasted so heavily he was so proud that he drove a chevette because he didn't you know didn't you know he he, he was so proud of his humility yes and i think that's a it, it touches a little bit of what you were just sharing right yeah absolutely i thank you i'm like other people who drive fancy schmancy new cars <laughs> right? it's yeah. so easy to fall into that trap i mean it's a funny story but Oh we yeah, can, we can fall into that trap, and again, it's there's a there's a paradox going, or um, a lot of what we see in the Gospels is Jesus is contrasting religion 
versus the gospel. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, this Pharisee, let's face it, the Pharisee, I mean, he, he, you know, he was supposed to be close to God. He was supposed to be, you know, someone who seeks and loves God and serves God. Oh, yeah. And he was trying really hard, right? So Jesus could have told the story by saying, let me tell you two people. Here's one who's really, really trying hard. He's not like robbers, evildoers, and adulterers, right? He's not like that at all. And there was another guy, just, you know, just a miserable tax collector beating his breast. Why can't you people be more like the Pharisee? Why can't you try a little harder? And I think, by the way, that structure I just gave, it's probably the structure of a lot of Christian sermons, certainly that I've heard over the years, right? In other words, here's an example of great shining faith of a wonderful, you know, a missionary who did this thing or a great a great Christian example. And here's a bad example. Now, why can't you people put forth the effort and be a little bit more like the good person? Jesus could have done that, but he, but he doesn't because the key to the Christian life is not hard work and effort. The, the, the engine of the Christian life is not. The engine of the Christian life is gratitude, right? That is and, so true. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, verse 11, it says, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. I've heard mm -hmm. that other translations translate it. The Pharisee prayed to himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He prayed to himself. But, um, you know, if you didn't have verse 14, Jesus's commentary. Right. You could actually read this, and if you were to say, which guy should we be, you might actually say, if we didn't have verse 14, you might say, well, yeah, we should be like the Pharisee. Yeah. I mean, look at what he did. He fasts, you know, he, he gives a tenth of all he gets. Like, he's, um, you know, he he's a man of prayer. and So yeah. one factoid about this Keller brings out when he preaches on this is in verse 12. He says, you know, when the Pharisee says, I fast twice a week, he says, there's actually no rule in the Old Testament to fast twice a week. In other words, this guy was making up rules for himself and keeping them, which is a great, great, great example for us, right? If you say, I I make up a rule for myself and I keep it, and then I feel very good about it. it Look, so weird. You, you're talking about the guy who drove the Chevette in the cars. Yeah. But if you say, my rule, I never buy a new car. I only buy used. I don't want you to know. I never. I want I, you know whatever he's whatever it is. And I, I, I say things like that, right? We've all but, we but, all make rules like that for ourselves, right? But there's it's, then we can when when we when we live up to them, then we can be like we feel pretty good about ourselves. Check absolutely. So because look, real righteousness is a mountain, a a giant vast mountain. There's a great passage in Hebrews that talks about it. You haven't come to a. Uh, a mountain that can be touched. You come to something much greater than that, an unbelievably high mountain. We like to make little molehills for ourselves, a little foot-high molehill and jump over and say, ha, look, I really, I've really done well. I've climbed the mountain. You've you made a little molehill for yourself. You jump over it. I fast twice a week. I make up a little yeah. rule for myself and then I keep it and I feel like I've earned some kind of points or righteousness for it. Hey, I want to make another observation. If you look at verse 13, it yeah. says... But the tax collector stood at a distance. Do you remember in the previous story we talked about? Oh, yeah. Stood at a distance. Look at that. You're they, right. They cried out to God. The The 10 lepers that Jesus healed were standing at a distance. And so is oh. this tax collector. 
And wow. yet there's something here about how Jesus loves the outcast. The outs the outsider. The, the outcast. outsider. Yeah. I mean that this is this is who he came to seek and save. Um right. not for he didn't come for religious people. Um well, I mean he came for all people, but um there there is something, you know, if you look at verse 13, there's it's very similar to the the response of those lepers. Yeah. God have mercy on me, a sinner. And what do they say to Jesus? They say, have mercy on me. Yeah. Master, have pity on us. Right. Depending on your translation. God have mercy. So this is just a very, so how much faith does it take? How much, how much accuracy in your theology does it take? Just to beat your breast and say, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And I think, look, the answer is it doesn't. You don't have to have an accurate view. You don't understand it. It's awareness of sin. You just so uh, you have to have some inkling that you've got. There's a gap between you and God. You've got a sin problem that you can't solve. You can't make up molehills for yourself and jump over them. You can't achieve your own righteousness. You've got to have. They say, "I have a need for someone else to fill that gap for me. I can't do it." Right, right. and that's the faith. Because I mean, what amazes me um, that, that that's a great parallel to the previous passage, Greg. I hadn't seen that at all before tonight. So. That's why I love these conversations. Um, yeah, and if you didn't have verse 14, if you didn't have verse 14 and you said, which guy would you rather put yourself, you know, which right. guy, um, you know, if you were to put yourself in the shoes of uh, of one of these two guys, which guy would you rather be? Again, well, you'd, you'd be so tempting to say, well, I want to be the Pharisee because look at look at how good he was. He, you know, he was he, he did such good stuff and. uh but um and you should explain greg a little bit what tax collectors were in their role in society at the time and the yeah well at the time tax collectors were um generally um looked very down upon um they tend to be kind of corrupt they're kind of corrupt uh businessmen and i mean they had to do the hard job of collecting taxes for rome mm -hmm. um from uh, people, many people who couldn't afford it, and they would often collect more tax than than uh, than necessary. So, so they were, yeah, they were like corrupt businessmen in a, in 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 a, in a big sense. But it's so interesting. But the tax collector was aware of his sin problem, but yes. the Pharisee seems um, unaware. Of his sin problem and i think that's another thing that we see often kind of out in the in in the church as a whole is that we think we're pretty good yeah we yeah. we think we're doing well right hey you know heaven you know you know god knows i'm not a i'm not a drug addict you oh know, that's right that's right lord knows i'm not perfect yeah, I'm not perfect. i'm not saying i'm perfect i'm not perfect but hey i'm pretty good i'm i'm, I'm a i'm a good guy Yep. I mean, I, I mean, I, I find myself struggling sometimes. I think, you know, I'm a pretty good guy, you know, I mean, um, I've, I've never done anything real bad, but so we, we underestimate the depth of our sinfulness. Amen. That is such a huge thing because until you come to grasp, until you come to grips with the depth of your own sinfulness or the, even the, even the, um, uh, uh, you know, that what we, 
not necessarily what we have done, but what we're capable of. Yeah. The sin that we're capable of doing given the right circumstances or the temptation or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Until we come to grips with that, we, it's really hard to understand the gospel and what Jesus really saved us from. So we one of one of the one of the most godly men who um, I've admired in my whole life is a guy named Jerry Bridges. And he, you know, some of our listeners will be aware you can look up. He's written many, many books, and most of his books are all about the grace of God. But he um, um, I learned this from a friend who um, got to spend time with him and have a you know, uh, a, a quiet time with Jerry that almost every day Jerry would reflect on this parable and he would intentionally put himself in the shoes of the tax collector who stood at a distance and beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, the sinner Hmm. that Jerry Bridges would preach the gospel to himself every day by putting himself in the shoes of this tax collector. And that is stuck with me. And um, I wish I could say I practice it on a daily basis, but I try to do it on a regular basis. Um, But if you were to say, which guy would you want to put yourself in the shoes of without the commentary of, you know, verse 14, you could easily on this reading this, you could easily say, well, yeah, I want to put myself in the, you know, I want to pray like the Pharisee did, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I, I, I guess the analogy I heard once is that if you saw a cover of a book and the book said, you know, the, the, the kind of man God uses, and you should be not sexist and say the kind of man or woman God uses, God uses. So I'll modify the example a little. You'd open it up and you'd think, well, it's got to be someone who's kept their nose clean, right? Somebody who's kind of, you know, okay, stayed away from all the vices of this world and they've been a great spiritual performance. In other words, I, I would think of the kind of man or woman God uses is going to sound more like the like the first guy, like the, like the Pharisee. Right, right. He's not. He's not. He's not a robber. He's not an evildoer. He's not an adulterer. He's not sexually immoral. He's not. You know. He's he's kept his nose clean of all these sins. Right. Mm. That's the kind of person God uses. Right. And uh, and I think the I think the key, the word I'm really thinking about as I read it tonight with you, Greg, is in verse 14. It's the word justified. Yes. Just amazing. That is huge. Yeah, because I think the justification, look, it's a great Christian doctrine that God, when you accept Christ, you are declared righteous. Yes. 100% righteous. At that moment, you're not earning your righteousness. You're not given a, a like a, 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 a card that allows you to earn your righteousness and climb up the stairway to heaven. You are declared righteous completely 100% at that right, at that moment. And you can't add to it or make yourself anywhere righteous than you already are at that moment. That's the great, great Christian doctrine of standing. Your standing is comes from him and it's 100% complete. But what I'm noticing tonight is it's the Pharisee in that little prayer that is declaring himself righteous. Yes. His whole thing is a declaration of righteousness. It's a declaration of his own righteousness, right? Self-righteousness. Right. But it's a declaration. So so, so Jesus which one is justified? The one who declares himself righteous? I want you to know. 
for everyone who can hear me say this prayer that I've kept my nose clean. I've done a, led a good life. I've done this. I, the, all the declarations of righteousness that he says for himself, I'm a good person. I, I've never robbed anybody. You know, I, I, I've been very moral my whole life. That person is not justified. Justified comes from somebody else. It's God who's the one who has to declare you righteous. And and it's the tax collector who just beats his breast and says, have mercy on me, a sinner. Went home justified before God. What did he do to get justified? Yeah. He just had awareness of sin. He had aware an awareness, a deep awareness of his own need. And God had mercy on him. Yeah. It's just amazing to me. He also had an awareness of God's holiness because it says he couldn't even look up to heaven. Great point. So he made point. I never saw that before. Yeah. So he, I mean, he, he got the whole thing. I mean, he, he did. Had, he had a, a growing awareness of God's <laughs> holiness, but at the same time, he had an awareness of his sin, the depth of his sinfulness. And he's the one that God says, you know what? You're justified. And the way I learned that is justified means just as if I never sinned, just as and, if I never sinned. Okay. Who is the one who's declaring the tax collector righteous in verse himself. Feet. No, no, no. The oh. Pharisees declare himself righteous, but who oh. is the one um, who declares that the tax collector is righteous? Who declares him righteous? Oh, yeah. In verse 14? Jesus. Jesus is the one speaking in verse 14. He's right. when he's telling the story, when he's the narrative story, he's saying, I want to tell you a story. Here's two people, and I hereby declare the second one righteous. It's me who's doing the declaration. It's me who's doing the declaring. The first one declares himself righteous. The second one throws and says, I'm aware of God's holiness. I'm aware of my sin. And the gap between them, Lord have mercy on me. Jesus, I'm the one who's stepping and filling that gap. I hereby declare that man righteous. It's me who has the right to do it. And I'm the one who earned the right to do it on the cross. And I'm the one doing it. He, I'm the one declaring righteous. It's the whole gospel in this one passage right here. It's pretty great. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.